Hello everybody, and welcome to the Bit Effect. Today, it's part two of Bloodborne. Come join in the hunt, I guess. I used my best one on the first one. I, I got nothing. Craig, play some more music. And with me back in the old hunter's chairs are my good friend Craig and Mike. Now, we're going to skip all the stuff we just talked about. Remember, Spoiler Wall is um, very ephemeral right now. Some things spoilered, some things are not. We're not sure. So, cracking right into it, guys. So, we went the Mike path. Uh, we now have our finger in the Choose Your Own Adventure book where we can decide which way. So, now we're going to go the, the Craig path and cry because uh, next up is Hypogean Jail, which... Everybody in the world had the back of their head explode when I, they got killed and then transported to a new area. It was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So, Craig, why don't you explain Hypogean Jail? Oh, Hypogean Jail, it's so good. So, you basically, you've died a million times before now and you end up in the Hunter's Dream. But one time you die, you don't. And you're like, the fuck is going on here? You end up in Hypogean Jail. And it's basically like an alternate plane. There's other things going on, this, that and the other. Um, there's weird, creepy things walking about the place. So you have to, like, rake your way about the place, go down, go up, kill things and stuff like that. You end up popping out the back of this place and you see this beautiful arena with some big wooden doors at the other side and you meet a cheeky, dark beast Parrow, who... Um, oh, sorry. Does anybody not look at that arena and have their boss fight senses tingle like crazy? You're like, oh, there's a boss there. <laughs> so I think some people stick their head out of the entrance and think, that I can't, there's no ladders, there's no <laughs> stairs to bring me back <laughs> yeah, this to where is I, a, I am. Uh -oh. <laughs> I, I am walking backwards and I'm going to go and check outside and go, there's nowhere to go there. Yeah. I've, got <laughs> so you, I've got many options here. You go down. And you have got a big, obvious, as we've hinted at, arena, Dark Beast Parrow Arena, um, who is a big electric fire, electric puppy, not fire puppy, electric puppy. A dead electric puppy, because he's got this weird human-like skull. Dead electric puppy. Um, this was the one for me that was like, ah, you look really cool, but you can just twat you in the face and you're dead. But... Really? He's an, he's an awesome cheeky chappy. Like, I, I like... And he's optional. Like, that, he's completely optional towards the end of the game, so you don't even need to beat him. But... Well, we should probably explain. A good half of the bosses of Bloodborne are optional. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, of all of all of the optional people, um, like Amigaldia... 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 Amygdala? Amygdala. That's the one. All of those people are optional. This is the one that I will go back and do every single time because he's super fun. You're you're ridiculous, Craig. You're a parody of, of, of yourself. That's ridiculous. Um, I hate... Tell me at least you use the summon. Oh, yeah. Do you use the summon, Craig? No. Uh, in fact, um, I used the summon on the first because you get... Do you get... Um, it's Tomb Prospector, isn't Tomb it, Pro Tomb Prospector Golesh. No. I think Some, so. Something I think like that's that. what it is. But no, th th this guy's like, he jumps, he electrifies, he explodes himself. 
run about and twat him. He's he's a pain in the ass. Like, listener, don't be fooled by Craig, okay? Dark Beast Parl is a pain straight in the nuts. I can't... St- I mean, eventually I, I found a strategy where if, you, if you're using the Hunter's Axe, like Mike, if you stand right under him and do a spin to win, you hit all four limbs at once and he just bleh, goes down. But that was after, like, six attempts at old Dark Beast Parl. Um, it is a vicious A little bit easier with the Whirly Gig. Like- you know, oh yeah, crazy electric things coming off it. And just like a, and then he does that air of attack that one, doesn't he? Curl up. Yeah, um, I I do not like fighting him. Cool design, like I like him as a boss, but I every time you go in there, you're like, all right, all right, Carl, let's do see. This. I kind of think like Darby's paddle is cool. Like every time I've fought him, it's been slightly different. When like you know you're talking about like there's a tactic to doing someone. And there was that um, defiled amygdala, and the way yes. the way to do it is bait them into jumping, and then you take one step left, and they jump on top of you, and they smack them in the head. That's the ones I don't like because they can be kind of like gamed or or they can be like playing out. A yeah, script. exactly. Whereas Dark Beast Parrel always tended to, and now I'm going to go and try with a hunter's axe, but. I always tended to be more random. Yeah, well, you got some uh, random I mean, lucky, I mean, lucky girls there, then, Craig. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I would believe that if it wasn't for New Game Plus Six and actually having watched and played. It's like, oh man, it's like you know, after you toil for four years learning to play the violin, and then some snot-nosed kid picks it up for the first time and starts playing, and you're like, that's not fair. What a wanker! Um, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um. So, uh, flipping back to the Choose Your Own Adventure book, we have Hemwick Charnalene, which is my choice of where to go next because I find the runes are not super helpful, but okay, it gives me a little bit more of an edge when I'm going to, you know, one-shot Dark Beast Parl like some people. Um, <laughs> Hemwick Charnalene is a, a really cool divergence because it's almost a different style of horror, right? Like, like there are there are... Different styles of horror in this game. There's like the the beastie transformation kind. There's the kind we're not going to discuss yet. And then there's like the Wicker Man. Of, and and Hemwick Charnel Lane is kind of like the Wicker Man. You go down there and there's these old ladies, which you're guessing are witches. Because, you know, they don't wear those conical hats. But yeah, they look witchy to me. Uh, and they're like dancing and laughing. And, and it's just weird, right? It's It creeps you out. Um, not much really in terms of, uh, like gameplay changes here other than, uh, Craig got lost. Oh, very, and, very, very lost. And this is like, this has that really cool open area where there's like a bunch of dogs and shooters that are posted up and you kind of have to weave your way through trees to get to them without getting your face shot off. I enjoy that part. Um... This is also important because you have to come back here once you get a certain item and that takes you to an optional area. Um, other than that, there's not like too much of note here in terms of like cool design. It's just a different style. Uh, I, I really like um, how dark it is when you go into buildings after you've been outside and it's just like pitch black and like, oh look, there's a horse head and a guy with a machine gun. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of Charnel Lane. Not my favorite area, but eh, it's, it's pretty good. How do you All guys right. feel? I like the whole, um, like, near the near the sort of path to the extra optional area, 
I like the um, little uphill run to um, that boss in, in this section. It's all pretty, it looks pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know where I was going to go with that, sorry. It's <laughs> quite uh, Craig, since since you're like superstar gamer, uh, why don't you make yourself a little more human and um, tell everybody how you got lost? Because I find that very funny watching you play, and I'm like, dude, the path is right there. It's right like, there. I right I there. literally can't remember how I got lost. How did I get lost? You t- so you were doing that thing where you go up the hill, you come around, and there's like that giant path of birds, right? And you didn't ever look to the left where there's a oh, giant gotcha. path that just goes right. up and keeps that, going. Yeah, so I I got to Henwick Charles Rain, Charles Rain, Henwick Charles Rain, whatever it is, and then went up and round, and I was going in a circuit, and then I went round in the reverse circuit without ever just looking round the corner, and I felt like an absolute ninny. As soon and and you must have told me I like as soon as as soon as I saw it, it was like, why the hell didn't I just go there? There's a clear path. Yeah, it, it was funny because at this point I was watching you play and you're like very methodically uh, just dismantling people and then you hit those birds and you kill them on you're like where do I go all I see is an elevator I'm like dude look to the left you're like I still don't see it I'm like there's a fucking ladder uh, there it's, it's on the ground is yeah, that over so, to um, the barnyard thing yeah 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 like oh. like he completely missed that whole yeah, barnyard yeah. area and he's like well I guess I'm done like no no um so once you get through this odd area full of cackling old ladies that want to stab you with red hot pokers um you get to the Witch of Hemwick, which is generally unanimously the easiest boss fight in the game. Like, like I, most people will vote this as the easiest boss fight. Like, even which is strange because we all kind of like look at cleric beasts that way. But no, nah, I think I think this is the easiest. Yeah. Um, it's like a, a a trick, and once you learn the trick, you're like, all right, then I'll just shoot there. Yeah. Um, the, the only so way you the, could find this hard is if you don't realize there's two later on. And you're like going, oh, but I've killed that one. But then it's quite obvious. There's two health bars. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, it, oh, it's okay. um. So the the trick it plays is you. It, it's a boss that appears and reappears, but is constantly summoning uh, creatures to come get you. They're pretty easily dodgeable in terms of like you can just walk around them, um, and eventually you realize, oh, there's two of these little little buggers. Uh, I like the design on them. The eyeballs pasted all over their body is super cool. I really like that. And then that attack where they take a spoon and then just kind of try to scoop out your eye. Very cool. Yeah, I got hit by it. <laughs> um, it's still, it, it's like not a big deal in this boss fight. This is a strangely low-key boss fight. And I think it's strangely low-key because what it's guarding is super important. Yeah, yeah that's the bit I was thinking. I'm always curious, but I'm thinking like, it has a cutscene as well, doesn't it? Or am I? Uh, when you go down and and see the the yeah. uh, the rune tool, yeah, yeah. Mister Carroll. What is it? What? Someone, someone explain for me. I have no That's... idea what I saw. All I knew is that it was important. What What you get after that that boss fight is the ability to use Carroll runes because it's Mister Carroll or whoever it is that's in the middle of the room. He's been tortured. He's got a bloody crotch and stuff like that oh and you, you be- so it is definitely someone it's not i thought because i was wearing the same bloody armor i thought that was supposed to be me sat in the no chair. no that's that's um <laughs> oh, and and oh, my name I'd like i'm i'd never know names anywhere but it's mr carol 
he's the one that, like, basically, story-wise, he could talk to the Great Ones, but he couldn't actually communicate with them, but he could figure out what they were saying and draw symbols, and that's how the Carol runes are born. So, yeah, you're like, surprisingly good grasp of the story, Craig. Like, like for me, it was like, I don't know, there's just stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Basically, you can't understand the noises that these great uh-huh. ones make, but you can ascribe each noise to, like, a pictograph, yeah. I yeah. guess. And, like, what's... The, the, the hunter symbol is one of them. And this lets you inscribe those onto your brain yeah, directly. Yeah. And so you get, a, you get the benefits of certain great ones, like Erden or... Uh, Mr. Carroll, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the name. Yeah. I'm sorry. But yeah, so that, that's like the story significant part of this, um, which is why I think they put, you know, because I mean, imagine putting this behind Dark News oh, yeah. Paul. Everybody but Craig would be like, <laughs> oh, this is a monster. Um, I, yeah, sat, it, it's I sadly pretty skipped easy. all the audio tapes, so I didn't listen to any of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, did you kill the little sisters? <laughs> Mike, did you kill them? Um, all right, so so here's where the game funnels into a little bit more linear. I mean, if you know how to sequence break, you can kind of sequence break it, but let's follow the path. And that gives us to the Forbidden Woods, where if you don't like snakes, you're going to have a problem because snake balls are awesome. Um, this this is the the area where it is completely open. It's completely wide and, and you can just walk forever, but I still get lost in this place because it's like, wait, where am I again? And so I end up doing that thing where you just follow like the right wall all the way around to follow the left wall and then, then you go into the center. Um, how do you guys feel about Forbidden Woods? It feels Woods? about three times longer than you expect it to be, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. You're always edgy when you hit a new area. You're edgy and you see snakes and you do this and you do that. Every single other time, I sprint through this place like nothing else. Like, I have not fought anyone in here. I just <laughs> sprint through the entire place to get to the the three amigos. I'm just like, sprint, 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 sprint. Get their job done. I don't like it. I, I like the Victorian cathedral ward and I like all that. This, to me, just feels like, oh, it's a woods with some snakes. I mean, I think you're downplaying the snakes uh, did, because yeah. the, snakes the first time the you backstab, bit, to be honest, it's the bloody. Oh really? I don't know. I don't know the term really. Is it Uraburra ganados or whatever you call them? Blip, blip, bless you. Head poppers. Uh, oh, oh, and see, now see, I, I love that part because they set you up to backstab one of them, right? And you're like, ha 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 ha! I'll backstab you, old sackhead! And then you backstab it, and then just snakes erupt from his head, and you're like. Oh, this is great. Um, I love that part. I love the giant balls of snakes, not actual snake testicles. But um, you ever seen like a rat king where it's just rats all kind of in this this pile? Imagine that, but with snakes. And it's terrifying. It's, basic, it's Medusa's head from the forehead up. <laughs> Elegantly put. Um, <laughs> as Mike... Uh, um, let's say hinted at earlier, this is where you start realizing it might not just be like beastie stuff uh, because we run into our little blue friends. And the first time I... uh, Yes. Clank. (laughs) Um, 
clank shows up and goes, <laughs> and, and then he disappears. Uh, the first time I saw those little blue guys, uh, we'll just call them the Celestial Emissaries now, um, I was like, that's got to be a boss, right? Like, that's a wandering boss, because wandering bosses can be a thing. I was terrified of those things. And then you see the one with, like, the the big urchin-like head, and you're like, is that the boss? Is that a boss? Um, I love the design on those little guys. And this was, like, that first hint of, like, okay, something weird's going on. How did you guys feel? I thought I'd found the uh, Wolfenstein 3D bit in a Doom game. I was like, <laughs> what's, go- what's going on here? <laughs> um, yeah, it was a bit weird. I thought it was just, like, you know, they'd done, like, a weird little uh, Easter egg part of the game or something. I, I wasn't sure what was going on. Um, although, I did let my... They're, they're quite cute. So I let my defenses down for a second. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, they, they're not especially hard. Like, a lot of my fear was like, uh-oh, they're going to be hard. And they're not really, especially if you get to jump on them. You get to jump on them, they fold in half. Um, but this was when I started thinking uh, less Resident Evil, more Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because once you start reading the descriptions on the runes and then you see these little guys, you're like, oh, are you guys making a nice little pivot here? Uh, And then you find a cave and you go up the largest snake eater ladder in the world and you're back in Ayevska's clinic and you're like, well, what's going on here? And then you see one of the little blue guys in there and you you pick up the Canehurst Summit. This is where the game story like started getting super interesting for me. When I first played it, like like this was that pivot point. It's that it's that classic sort of um, liquid snake moment from Metal Gear, isn't it? Where you're like, there's got to be a nice person in a clinic, obviously. And you're like, oh god, <laughs> what's happened yeah, behind this yeah, door? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't you know. know what's worse is stumbling across her early or stumbling across her late. I don't know which is worse, but uh, that lady gets a raw deal. Let's put it that way. Uh, Craig, out of curiosity, going through it for the first time, did any of this strike you, or were you just kind of like shrug? Eh, okay. No, th- this was like genuinely the first time where I thought, oh, things are happening because the the first time I got back there was after. If it depends on if you beat Rom before or after. So if you go before, mm-hmm. you just murder everyone. If you go after, there's a pregnancy. You manage to get like a a what do you call it? One third umbilical and stuff like that. Um, so that was... Yeah, that, that birthing yeah. scene is weird, yeah. man. So at that point, I kind of thought, ah, there's, there's something to this. There's something going on. But I was still just, like, killing everyone. And the amount of bones, just the amount of, the sheer amount of stuff. As I, I, I know, like, right? Oh, bloody hell. Someone's, someone's Lady made very mission. good use. Of her bone cellar. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the uh, cool little gameplay end of this is any NPCs you meet, you have the choice to send them to Ayevska's clinic or to uh, Erden Chapel. And Ayevska seems like the nice lady in the beginning. And she is until she gets taken over. And then anybody you have sent to the clinic gets turned into one of the pur- uh, purple, the blue guys. So if you've been sending everybody there, you'll just kill these blue guys and they'll drop something and it'll be like, oh, like Ariana's ribbon or something. And you're like, oh, it was her. Uh, so it, it's a super cool moment. The one to send there is the guy from the rooftop 
underneath the windmill. Oh yeah, I'd love to. Every every time now, it's like, oh, I know the place for you, buddy boy. <laughs> yep. Uh, so after you've discovered the dark secret of Iskus Clinic, and you're like, well, that was cool. Let's continue on. You meet, as Craig said, the three amigos. Mm-hmm. So Craig, yeah, tell us about the shadows of Yarnum. Ah, the shadows of Yarnum. It's three. The three amigos. They've got three different attacks. You've got a short-ranged, knifey boy. You've got a middle-ranged, kind of like, hitty boy. And then you've got a long-ranged mage. And you basically have to juggle them. There's a gigantic brick statue in the middle of the arena. So hide behind that. Kill short-range boy. Then kill medium-range boy. And then kill magey boy. And celebrate your success. Before you go to... Don't forget to judge the giant snakes. Uh, well, the giant okay, snakes. Okay, so <laughs> at one... Th- maybe I'm making it up, but maybe at one third health or one quarter health or somewhere in that. When there's one yeah, left. They start yeah. to go a bit snaky. Just hit them. Just hit them like you've never hit them before. Um, at- there's, te- there's technically three phases to this, isn't there? I mean, when you take one down, oh, d- two of them... Take one take down to a third health. The power of the... Take take the second one down to a third health. Take the third one down to a third health, and then monster them all. It's like a oh, it's like a, see, a bigger version of Ornstein and Smaug, isn't it? Sort of, but without the cutscenes. Sort of, yeah. Like like uh, is my that, is that a musical? I, I do it a different way. Oh <laughs> yes, at uh, Ornstein and Smaug sing Gildenstern <laughs> and Roy. Um, You'll learn who they are. You've, You'll learn who they you've are. You've definitely Craig. used some sort of mathematical equation to make these so easy, Craig, because I've always struggled. I mean, well, this time, a lot less deaths, but this was my sticking point the first time I played it. I, I must have fought them like 40, 50 times, and the amount of times I'd just get, you know, one hit killed by some sort of long range. I, I always took out the sword guy first because I was like, I don't want to trust him with any sort of magic or anything. But it was like, you know, even taking it down to the mages, the last one, it would be like, um, you know, hell had been unleashed on me at that point yeah. in the fight. It was just... I, I always done a kind of like, like the first time I attempted them, I killed one. And then by the time I got to kill another one, they came back with a vengeance. So I kind of like, if it wasn't a one hit kill, it was a two hit kill. But just, just hit them, hit them in the face. <laughs> Um, my strategy is a little more haphazard. Uh-huh. I did manage to one shot it, and I was super excited. And then Craig's like, "Oh yeah, I two shot that." I'm like, "Ah, crack." Um, and so yeah, you generally ring around the rosy these suckers, and whatever one gets closest, you give them a nice smack, and then you back off, and then you wait, and generally you'll get them all down pretty even, and then you you focus on one, and then the other, and then the other. Um, I got super lucky this time, and I am grateful I got super lucky because I'm never gonna do them again. Um, You're talking about the grave, big square gravestone thing, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, like every time I did that, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to get one this time. And then the other one would just sneak his head around the other side. <laughs> and I'd go, oh, <laughs> they flanked me again. They flanked me every single time. Oh, that. But I gave up on that tactic. That gravestone is just the bee's knees. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, after we kill the three amigos, we end up in Bergenworth. But we're going to take a quick detour. Um, and we're going to hit Forsaken Castle Kanehurst, 
we got the summons from Ayaska's clinic and we go down to Hemwick Charnel Lane and there's this really cool cutscene where this carriage shows up and is like, have a ride, buddy. And you're like, sure. Um, I hate this place. Um, can I? I hate everything can in I interject? it. Sure. I think the entrance is really cool. Like you get on a horse and carriage and then it, the cutscene ends and the horse and carriage are dead in the snow. Yes. That is amazing. So the entrance is amazing. And the boss is amazing. Everything else is shit. This is like... Okay. I think some of this is good, but there's bits where you just go like, someone someone didn't get paid that month because they've not finished off this bit of the game. It's like... Especially when you get around was... the roof bits. It's like just the most blandest texture in and... Oh, and it also feels weird, like, jumping off weird angles. Why am I walking on a weird roof which doesn't look like it should be stood on? (laughs) But some of it's lovely. You know, the bit with the statues and stuff looks nice, and the whole library area, mostly pretty (gasps) cool. I like the weird trick of a a sliding wall as well, which hides a ladder. You're like, I've I've Mm -hmm. never seen that. A ladder concealed inside a moving partition wall thing. You're hitting something there. There's one point where on the left there's a gargoyle that's thrown and he jumps out on you. It's great. There's another point where there's a collectible at the end of a balcony and there's two gargoyles at the end of it. And you kind of like wander (laughs) up and you're like, you guys are going to jump out on me. And you wonder, and you're like, "No, you're going, you're going to jump out." But they they do it at the most <laughs> inopportune time. Those bits were great. The rest of it was bollocks. Like I really hated, okay. I hated those caretakers that were like sweeping the floor, and then you twat one by accident, and all, all of them want to kill you. Um. Yep. Anyway. Uh, ghosts, for some yeah. reason, the ghosts really don't play into this. And he, the prevailing theory is this was supposed to be a DLC area that they just said, ah, fuck it, we'll huck it in the game. Like, there's a lot about this that feels sort of half-finished. Uh-huh. So, I don't think they've come out... I mean, it, it could be I just didn't read something specific, but it, uh, they haven't said why this feels kind of half assed I've got my hands in the air. I always thought this was linked to that lady who appears like well later on in the game in like the white dress the Yarnum Queen no she yeah it sort of is it sort of is but not like super so now hold on before I call on you Craig I I do want to state I don't like the level of design it feels yeah it feels janky Mm -hmm. like it feels off Um, the boss can die in 17 different fires but I love I love the blood tick people those really? things are so cool. I love those things. That's why I love them. They look like something out of Junji Ito. Yeah, they are a great design. And then you kill one and it's too fat to move and it just goes everywhere. Oh, it's so good. And the lovingly rendered buttholes add so oh, much God, to the fight. Oh, between those <laughs> and the pig buttholes, nah. No. <laughs> buttholes are a theme. No. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I I love those enemies. I think they're so cool. I hate this entire area, but the boss is amazing. Okay, so Craig, um, you just did the Shadows of Yarnum, but um, Mike, Mike, you want to explain old Martyr Ligarius, the asshole? Oh, okay. So, what the the boss of Canehurst? Yeah, 
yeah, so he is the boss of containers. <laughs> he's he's the king. <laughs> um, he's sat on top of the roof. He's he's happy to come and entertain you with his uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark ways, and he will. Um, yeah, he will take you on with magic, and he will take you on with his. It's like a. No, it's not a scythe thing. It is a sword, isn't it's it? It's a scythe, yeah. It's a oh, scythe. It's a scythe, okay, yeah. Um, he will battle you across the across the roof, and depending upon how lucky you are, he will either go full-on physical, in which case you're probably all right, or he'll, go, he'll do a crazy mix of way too much magic. I can't remember. One of them's the better way, but this time around he didn't present Physical for me is super easy. Oh man, this this was my seven, eight, nine, ten t- attempts, boss. I can't stand Legarius. I've always hated Legarius. I didn't like him in high school. He didn't sign my yearbook. He's just a pain in the ass. Uh, Craig, however, was good friends with old Legarius. <laughs> so, Craig, why do you like this boss fight? Why are you always hanging out with the cool kids? I just, I, I just, uh, and maybe I got him on a good day. I don't know. I just, I just thought it was really cool. Not only. Do you get to fight a guy on a rooftop, but when you kill him, you get to wear his crown and unlock other doors. Like, that is super cool as a thing. That is. Very cool, uh, the way they hid the um, vile yeah. ones. Yes. About the boss fight itself, do you like general? Did you genuinely like this boss yeah. fight? Because I can't stand like, it. I'd, I'd really like him. The oh. only thing that I find is naff is he has one attack, it's a horizontal floaty skull attack and all you need to do is duck behind a roof and it, it you know, like it clips on the roof, it, it fades away. Everything else, he, he does well. He has a sword that he stabs into the ground and if you're near it, then you're going to suffer. So you need to hit the sword because it buffs him. Or even if you're far away, uh, that thing hit me from across the room because the swords come flying at you. Oh, no, no, like, there's one um, sword that he puts in as a buff, like a... Yeah. A buffy buff. You just kill it, just just hit it, or run away. Well, yeah, but you see, I was using a pizza cutter, and that thing can get a little unwieldy yeah. at times, and so this might have been due to my weapon choice, because that is, that that's a hit slow, hit hard, and get out. But what what got me like ninety percent of the time was he does that thing where he shoots one of his skulls and then steps back, and you think, oh okay, yeah, so we missed, and no, then then the skull explodes okay. and you get whammied with it. That that got me so I, many times. Kind of like, like I think that even with the boss mechanics and all that, the fact that you make your way up to the roof of a castle and you fight a guy that was like shafted on a like a throne at the top of this castle and you steal his crown is awesome oh oh the fact that you you know well let me tell you there's a guy called the ivory king craig you'd like to have a word with you it's super cool uh but yeah like like you see the ice break off of yeah. his fingers it's ah it's it's aesthetically legarius is great uh the fight like you said the fight on the rooftop everything with the vile bloods it's all super cool just hate doing the fight itself. Isn't it ace as well? Um, like you finally got a roof you can fight on, which doesn't break line of sight all the bloody time. It's like <laughs> a, a shallow roof instead of the stupid bloody triangle yeah. ones. You're like, this is, this is a bit more epic. You don't feel like it's just a you fight in the environment. 
So, uh, did anybody pledge allegiance to the Vile Bloods? Yes. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, because, because I don't. Because in a world where people are injecting blood into them, the vampires just like look like sad goth kids. Yeah, it is not cool. Um. So I no I I me and Alfred we took care of the the vile blood problem and then I thought better of it and then like resurrected her, but I still didn't pledge allegiance. I certainly didn't resurrect her just because I missed a weapon for the trophy. <laughs> Not at all. Um. Yeah. Like. Um. That's another thing, Craig. That uh, covenants or, or what these things are called. Like uh, him, the guy that's in the forbidden woods. That's all like, look, parasites, man. Um. They're uh, something that is done in every Souls game, and they're majorly nerfed here. Like, in in Dark Souls, you have, like, one that's built around PvP, you have one that's built around helping people, and you can get new um, new items, new weapons, new spells. There's ones that are built around, and here's the cool ones, but I'm not going to say too much. People get transported to your world where you can set up traps, and they have to run through your trap-filled dungeon to fight you. There's some really cool stuff they do with Covenants, and here they're kind of just bleh. Is that, like, the only thing that that falls flat for me in the entire game? Not, like, on, on this thread. Is the Covenants? It's like, no matter who you swear allegiance to, or whatever, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what buffs you get from x y or z um yeah like dark souls 2 i think is where they hit its peak i mean there's some cool stuff in one some cool stuff in three but here it it is kind and i wonder if it's just okay guys we we don't have time because it's not like they don't have the talent to do it it's just eh. so yeah i i i generally unless i'm shooting for a certain weapon for the trophy like i said i don't bother with any of the covenants i don't find them fun they're not interesting Eh, they're okay, you know. Um, so we have forsook the Castle Canehurst. We are now on our way back to Bergenworth, where we run into the coolest monster designs in the game. The fly people. The fly guys. <laughs> I was just gonna say yeah. the fly people. I was like thinking, who could you think? No, surely not. And the flower. Let's be fair. That flower is freaky. I don't like the fly guys. Why? Because they just move weird and they're weird. Because they're cool and creepy. Especially if you let one kill you and then all of its eyes are glowing. It is so cool to see. Um, Yeah, again, here's another like giant signifier of something's a little off. Um, I, I, Bergenworth is incredibly small. Super small. Bergenworth is small, but it's the biggest story item in the entire thing. Oh, yeah. Um, those fly guys are just... Okay, so after you do the worst hunter fight in the game, I hate this lady. I hate her, I hate her, I hate her. Oh, the um, the scholar type. Yeah, that smacks you with the auger of Ebriatus and then yeah. does the spells. and ah, She has, uh, like, behind the scenes, she has max stats, which I think is cheap. Like, it's not, like, a fair fight. Do you know, talk about Lady on the Stars? Yeah, yeah. If you hide under the stairs, you can backstab her when she goes back up the stairs. Yeah, there, there are ways that, like, like I just did that thing where I, I just ran up the stairs, around the corner, smacked her, you know. You know, you kind of give her the old Scooby-Doo treatment. And, and she'll go down. But, 
you walk through those doors after you kill the worst hunter fight in the game, and then you see our good buddy that we saw earlier in a cutscene. And he's just sitting there, rocking back and forth. Just kind of chilling. So what did you guys do? Just kill him? Um, listen to him and kill him. Oh, you killed him? It's just... Yep. You get you get a rune. I might have done that well, first time, yeah. I didn't last time. I just... But poor, poor Master Willem. He, he just wanted to watch the ocean, Craig. That's all he wanted to do. Uh, no, he, he's a bastard. So, uh, then you do the coolest entrance to a boss fight ever. Um, you jump into the reflection of the moon on the ocean. Which is just bonkers, right? Uh, and then you land, and blam! There's Rom the spider. How did the this feel for Craig, though? Because we've done something very similar to this in a previous Souls game. Yes. So, this for me, it was just a natural, yep, obviously I'll jump off the edge, but, you know, I mean, having played Sekiro, where I didn't go in the water, thinking I'd just die instantly until recently. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. I want to hazard a guest, either I just ran off, or B, which is more likely, Dave was talking to me, you're saying run off the edge, Craig. One of the yeah, two. I, I don't remember if I specifically said... I might have said, hey, dude, look at the moon. Yeah. And just kind of hinted. I don't think I said, hey, dude, just jump off. Just jump off. Um, Who wants to explain this butthole of a boss? Oh, he's a wee cutie pie. So you've got Rom, the vacuous spider, we'll call him. He's a big, chunky spider with um, tiny wee legs. And when you hit him... He spawns spiders, he moves about the place, and generally does some weird, wicked things by flailing that you want to avoid. And shooting comets at you? Yeah. And exploding? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have too much of a problem with Rom here and his stupid stone head that always seems to get in the way Mm -hmm. whenever I'm attacking him. Um, it's later on in the chalices where you're like, Rom, you're, you, you gotta go, buddy. Yeah, the, um, that Rom chalice boss is just stupid. Because it's a tiny arena and everything. Yeah. Nah, it's not cool. Now, um, how do you guys find this? I find weaving through the spiders and keeping a constant eye on my periphery. I find that kind of fun. Like, I I enjoy this boss fight. I mean, later on, like, like Craig said, it, it gets stupid. But here, I, I always like Rom. Most times I'll bring the summon just because, ah, I'll go after him. I, but, I, um, I kind of like him as well. Her, her, sorry. I like it as well. It's kind of like a dodgy, slow-paced bullet hell. The spiders are bullets, and you're dodging and hitting. Um, yeah. And it is fun to have those moments where you slightly adjust to attack more, and then bam, a spider lands head first right next to you. You're like, ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh, ooh boy, dodge that one. I had a hidden rule in my head, like going, don't, you can stand on a spot for a moment, maybe two seconds, but don't stand there for three seconds. No. You just want to move about. And yeah. that, was, that was pretty, so I didn't really do any peripheral looking. It felt like you could guess their animations a bit, because if they'd just done a jump, they might have a bit of a cool down period before doing it again. But then you're like, oh, but what about the other ones that I can't see on the other side of the body? What if they just jump over, jump over her head and go on it? So it's like, it's just like I made up like a little mini time situation to, to get around it. But um, I didn't get damaged anywhere near as much as I did originally, because I'm sure the 
when I did this in the past, I was just swamped by like ice missiles and all sorts of stuff. But um, quite a tame one this time. I don't know if they've toned it down in patches or if you or get her if you get to her fast enough after she teleports, she tends not to do the uh, the ice crystals thingy. Whatever okay. it is. Right. Right. So if, if you book it straight to her, you, you know, you generally don't have to die. You can do this super methodical, and I, I, ch- I did this once on one of my playthroughs. You can methodically kill all the spiders, and then you have a nice couple of seconds to just jam in on her. But it ends up taking longer. And, and she it, spawns just... them all back when she respawns. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, yeah. just to build on that methodical kind of way, you can kill all the spiders, bring out a flame sprayer... And she can't teleport <laughs> if you're using the flame spare. That's true, that's right. So you can get her in one go by killing all the spiders and flame spraying her to hell. Um, I'm for the first time in my life, I'm just, I'm gonna say the sentence I just stood there and buzzsawed her <laughs> butt off. Um just stood there going into her and I mean you run out of stamina, but by that point she's over halfway mm-hmm. dead and you're like, Okay, yeah, this this'll work. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Rom more as a design and what it means in the story than I do as a fight. Yeah. Um, what does it mean um, in the after story? You... I, I don't really fully get it. Well, when you kill Rom, okay, uh... basically Rom is the gatekeeper of everything else that is happening. So when you kill Rom, you can then see the Amagadalgirja that are hanging off the buildings, that are, you know, like, generally invading the world. Rom is the gatekeeper of that. So if you don't have 50 insight, you kill Rom and you get the same experience, really. So is this class... Have we already crossed that sort of barrier of where we've now entered the the new design style of the game, pretty much? This, this, this yeah, is we've it. entered yeah. into Lovecraft yeah. Country. Okay, okay, so... so... I, I don't understand the like. Is there is there a significance of this creature in like Lovecraft stories or things? No, like this that? isn't like a direct Lovecraft reference. I mean, there are Lovecraft gods, which are kind of these dumb, hence the name vacuous um, creatures that just do nothing but give birth. Like, like that's a Lovecraft thing. Um, but yeah, in in this story, Rom is kind of the most successful attempt at dealing with the great ones Rom's... i mean i mean you'll have like mikalash praying to rom you there's a bunch of uh people that worshiped rom but I, I was just gonna say rom ascended from something else but didn't fully ascend so rom is like a stupid version of a great one just like okay. f- like literally just fl- good praise there i good know praise. yeah yeah <laughs> yep, um, um, uh, Mika Lash, big fan of Rom. I, I believe Rom was just a person, right? Yeah. I believe it was just a woman that ended up getting enough insight, kind of mirroring what might happen at the end. But we'll just leave that for now. Okay, so we have dealt with Rom. We've seen this cool cutscene of a lady in a wedding dress with a bloody front, and you're like, okay, that's a thing. Um, so we're gonna break a little bit here. And we're going to go to the Upper Cathedral Ward right now, because why not? We're here. Sure. Uh, You normally don't hit this right now, especially one of the bosses, because you're going to need some levels on you. But um, the Upper Cathedral Ward is short, freaky, and I don't like it. 
Um, so you open the doors and you go up there and first you see these little like baby slug things with these weird like eye stalk things going on on them. And they're, they're hideous. And you're like, okay, I'm going to deal with these hideous things. And you kill them all. And they're all, they're not even really trying to kill you. They're all just kind of making their way towards a certain spot. But they're blocked by a gate. And you're like, oh, I actually can't believe you hit any of them. Just leave them to it. They're gross, Craig. They are hideously gross. Besides, they're, they're, they're being tortured, man. I mean, would you like to turn into that? No, nobody wants to turn into that. They're failed. Kill them, Craig, kill them. Um, so you make your way through, and then you come across a really cool set piece after you kill the 5,422 mind suckers in this place. <laughs> um, with You walk into this room with a nice chandelier, and you're like, oh, this looks like a boss arena. And then a werewolf jumps from the, the thing, lands on it, the thing crashes, and bam, there's like <sighs> three werewolves, and you're in the dark. And you're like, oh no, oh no. Uh, I love that set piece. I, I thought the better, and maybe it's my um, inexperience, but I thought the better set piece was walking up the corridor before that and having a werewolf jump through the window, Resident Evil style. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, they do. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, proper good. Um, uh, I know, yeah, I, I love that cathedral, the, not the cathedral, the... I just a chandelier bit, like, like, cause I, I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. It's like, ooh, let's go do another bow, oh boy. And, and then got slaughtered. Because you can't fight werewolves in the dark very well. Uh, so, we, we make our way through, and we end up in this weird garden. And you're like, well, this, this is terrifying. And you see the celestial emissaries. Alright, so the celestial emissaries are the the cute little blue guys that we saw and they're all like kind of just jiggling there because they have like no bones and they're weird and they just start coming towards you on mass and you're like okay it's a slaughter i guess uh if you've played other souls games you'll recognize this style of boss but um yeah you just start mowing them down especially me with the pizza cutter you just mow 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 and then, blam, one of them gets really big, and he's all like, "R, I'm big, and then you realize you've got nothing new, and you kill him. Uh, I think this is this is a dud yeah. of a fight. Did anybody have problems with this? Uh, no problems. Uh, dud of a fight, and the top tip is the one that you want to kill is the one that doesn't have a health bar above their head. Like, all of them yeah. have a health bar. One of them doesn't, so kill that one. Um, <laughs> and it keeps running away from you anyway. Yeah. That's a, initially. The only good thing about this entire boss is the fact that it gets you to Ebratus. 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 I think it's, yeah, it's Ebratus. That's how I'm going to okay, be saying it anyway. Right. Um. Yeah, yeah, this is kind of just a gateway boss. This is, uh, oh, hey, this is what the church was up to. This is what the church people did. Yeah. Um, most, and, again, like, Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, just to clarify, we are in entirely optional territory here. This is oh, all... absolutely. Um, I'll I'll generally do these after the Nightmare of Mensis, but so yeah, yeah, it, it depends. Like you can get here super early if you if you know how. But good luck fighting our next boss after you break through a window and you jump down and you ride an elevator all the way down, and there is Ebriatus. 
super cool design. I mm -hmm. absolutely love her design. Her head is this weird, like, split-open fly larva looking. It is so cool. Um, I hate her. Can't stand that fight. <laughs> uh, I, th I think I think she is the only time where it almost feels slipshod, like the way they did it. Like, the tentacles don't always have hitboxes. They don't always brush up against you. Sometimes you slip through them. And that can be a problem when you're fighting Ebriatus. Is this going to make me look cheap when I say the only thing I remember about this fight was standing between two hind leg-looking things, standing yes. there and just hitting, and that was it. That was the entire fight. Every time I did it, this time, I, I the tentacles would like come up under me and I would get kind of jammed into her hitbox. And if you're jammed into her hitbox when she does that charge, you're toast. I, I died like three times trying to do the tentacle method and then when I actually fought her, it only took me once. Because this is about the time, uh, maybe even a little before, where bosses don't so much hit you as much as they drain you of 80% of HP every time they touch you. Uh, this is where the game gets super high stakes when it comes to bosses. And this is where I start not enjoying myself because, and this is my, this is my design problem. You don't want to go for a interrupt. If, if you fail, you've lost 90 to 80% of your health. Like there's too much risk there for the reward. Uh, because even if you, you catch most of Ebriatus's attacks even if it's just that simple tentacle back and forth and she does not the head slam not the charge not the lasers it's it's so much of your health unless you're on an endurance focused or vitality focused build like i found myself so paper fucking thin when it came to hp that it started not being enjoyable and it's kind of like that for the rest of the game for me I mean, it's not like I don't enjoy it. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, everything becomes super risk-averse for me. Yeah, I bumped, I bumped my um, strength and skill way up before I even started looking at Vitality. And I was like, I regret it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same. <laughs> I think some of it is hubris, for sure. Because um, even when by the time I hit the Thumerian Queen, I only had 30 vitality most of my stats stats were you know strength skill or strength and arcane because i was using the whirly gig but yeah um craig what about you like like how did as a new player did you go into making a build i went into making a build because I, I was using the saw spear so it was like um skill with strength slightly flailing behind it by the time i've finished i i um I don't know what the word is, but I basically set a rule where I wouldn't go above fifty for a level. I don't know what the yeah. I don't know what that is. But I've got right now fifty, 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 seven, seven. So I've got fifty for strength and skill, um and seven and seven for arcane and what's the other one? Blood, Blood tinge. tinge. And that I'm just playing it like that. That's that's fair enough. I mean, I mean that that's a super um, smart way to do it, as opposed to the way I do it, which is like, all right, let's get our strength and arcane up to fifty, and then we'll worry about health and and yeah, yeah. I went with a preset, so I ended up with like fourteen vitality, eleven stamina, and then 
50 strength and 25 skill, I think. Uh, and then eventually I thought, hang on, that's way too... Everything said, actually, you want 50 vitality. And I went, oh, oops. <laughs> yeah, it, it, took me, it took me a while by the end of it. It was like, oh, okay. Um, and and that, that's not against the game. Because even at 50, things hit whopping hard oh, sometimes. It's like... I don't think the stats make near as especially when you get up there it doesn't make near as much a difference as what you think it would yeah and when you start lev- when you level up above 50 so if you go 51 52 53 there's no difference it's not until you get to 54 you get one point of difference in something 50 is very much yeah that soft cap yeah. at 50 is rough um, I think they said there's, okay. a, there's a, a, a mini cap at 25 and then a, a bigger cap at 50. There, there's, yeah, there's, there's a slight cap at 25 and it's not until you think you're 30 that you start seeing better returns. And then at 50, it pretty much... It's not a hard cap, but it, it's a pretty significant cap of you're only seeing like one or two points per... Okay, so uh, we eventually flared our way into Ebriotis's face and killed her. We are now on our way to the lecture building, which is pretty much nothing of gameplay note other than the Goopy Boys. The Goopy Boys! I love the Goopy Boys. Um, This is also where you meet Patches for the first time, and you don't quite know what's going on with him, because he's talking to you from a weird angle, and you're like, I don't know what's going on. Um, Anything of note for you guys here? Good far- uh, Good farming spot. Oh, really? Yeah. For what? If you get the the lower level um, lantern, you can spawn into the lantern, run round the corner, and just hack everyone to death in the lecture theater. Oh, good point. Okay, yeah, yeah, like like blood yeah, farming. Yeah. Okay, I, th- I thought you meant you were farming for an item. Or oh like no, 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 no just like at one point, I was just like, I I need some money. So you went to college, uh, is exactly. what you're saying. <laughs> uh, so after we have fiddled around with um, patches a little bit, whether you kill them, whether you don't. Uh, we make our way to the Nightmare Frontier. Um, this place, I don't like. Mike, how do you feel about Nightmare Frontier? Uh, if this is the one I think it is, the first the first one, uh, yeah, a little bit a little bit on the rubbish side. Just like... Mm, felt like a bit of a reject from a Dark Souls game or something like that, to be honest. I don't know. Well, except for the poison and the guys in there, and then patches key. Like, I, I definitely don't like the uh, the hunter fights and that that yeti that hucks the boulders. I don't find them fun because there's some weird hitbox problems on the boulders to where sometimes they'll hit you when they're standing next to you. Sometimes they won't. It, it seems a little janky. So yeah. Um. By the way, so trivia for you guys: Winter Lanterns. Do you notice what's cool about their design? Out of curiosity? The fact that they try and fuck you over no matter what and... Absolutely. But... Okay, so they're dressed like the doll. They're, they're wearing the doll. And their head is not a is not a brain. It's messengers all tightly curled up together so it kind of looks like a brain but it's the little messenger bath guys. It's a super cool design. I mean, the problem is you don't get to look at it very much before they just kill you by making your brain explode. All right, so Craig, would you like to introduce Our Lady of Fear Amygdala? 
Amygdala is one of the many creatures that you would have seen by now. They've got creepy eyes, they're quite um, bony, spidery, creepy things clinging to buildings and stuff like that. You get to fight weird, like mushroom heads yeah. too. Like, like uh, all the like they look like what do they call morel mushrooms or moral mushrooms? Where they're uh, all like I don't, know. I don't, I don't like I don't strange, like mushrooms, strange. Dave. I don't I don't like mushrooms at all. Like any mushroom in any dish ruins the dish. Oh, I agree with you one hundred percent. One hundred. No one should eat mushrooms. Anyway, anyway, amygdala is a kind of jumpy, big, semi spider, semi crustacean, semi big dog type thing that just wants to kill you as all the blood bond bosses do so you enter the arena after fighting your way around the whole of the the nightmare frontier which is by far the worst place in this entire game for navigating like oh i'm here and i want to go there but you cannot tell how to get somewhere in this place yeah it's a nightmare Oh, it's the Nightmare Frontier. Frontier. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Amygdala, big dog thing, jumps about. So uh, she's got a couple of things. She lasers you, she hits you, she scratches underneath her underside if you hide under there. And you just twat her in the face and job done. Um, A couple of cool, like, like her damage reduction is redonkulous on her hind legs. Like... At the end game, I was, you know, the one in the Chalice Dungeon, I'm hitting it, it was doing like 18 damage. But good lord. Um, I like her design way more than I like her as a fight. I, I don't find her particularly hard. I find her more boring. Uh, I've got a story. I've not got a story, but I've got a thing. Sure. And it's not a brag thing, don't think that. But in the Chalice Dungeon version of her, I beat her without taking a hit in a per. And oh, good man! Perfect run of twatting her in the head, and yeah, it's very formulaic, very boring. Not boring. Uh, it's not boring. It, it it is. It is a little unengaging yeah. to fight. I mean, I mean, and, and the sad thing is, like, like when you get her to halfway, and she's just get like so frustrated that she just rips out her own arms. Yeah. To try yeah. to hit you with them, I love that. It's great. It, it, you feel like it should do more. You feel like if you rip off your own arm, it should be a one hit kill. Like it, like if I ripped off my own arm <laughs> and hit you with it, I want you to die. The shock alone yeah. would kill me. Um, she she can be made super easy if you've got the cannon leveled up and you use bone ash marrow. You can plunk her right in the head. Does a ton of damage. I think being, being optional, it's it, it makes it a bit less of a thing. But I mean, I think having it as just something on the side of a building was pretty terrifying in the first place. I don't know why it had to be a boss. I think, you know. like, absolutely agree. More terrifying, just ambient clinging to a building. Like, that is terrifying yeah. than actually fighting. Or even the one that's just lasering the yeah. stairway when you get to uh, Unseen Village. Yeah. Um... Okay, so we are running a bit long. We may end up splitting this into three. Um, we're going to try to move a little bit faster. Um, uh, probably not going to do the Chalice Dungeons now. 
But uh, all right, so moving straight along, I, there's there's some gameplay stuff that goes on. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm kind of squidging us past it. But you end up in the Nightmare of Mensis, which is uh, a personalized version of the Nightmare Frontier. Let's put it that way. Um, oh, 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 really quick trivia note. Did did the name Amygdala ring any bells with you guys? Like when you saw it? Because as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's cool. Mm-mm. I did notice it from the Rupert the Bear novel of 1957, yes. No, I have no um, idea what it means. R- R- Rupert the Bear? I don't know. I don't know what Rupert the Bear is. Guy. I think I made that up too, but, you know. Um. So and the amygdala is a part of your brain that determines emotions. It controls a bunch of things that's actually in your brain. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, whoa, that's cool. Okay, I'm starting to get what's going on here. And then you see the Nightmare of Mensis, and you're like, well, there's something to do with the brain. I don't know what, but there's something. Um, so, yeah, uh, Nightmare of Mensis, you're kind of playing like you did in Old Yarnum. Like, there is this creepy, creepy, creepy tower that is in the background, and every time you step out from cover, it lights up and you hear kind of a scream. And a couple milliseconds later, you start seeing, like, like blood spikes get jammed into you. And so you're just like run, 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 run through everything to get through it. Um, how do you guys like this area, by the way? Like, I, I like that, that you got to dodge everything and get going to take care of. Mensis. I didn't like it the first time I did it, but ever since then, I just thought, you know what? That's actually real cool. It feels like gladiators. Mike, I d- like you remember gladiators at the end where they have to like dodge the foam balls when oh god yeah <laughs> yes it's basically yeah, that yeah. except with yetis uh it was fun to see craig do this the first time open the door and then oh hello spiders uh, that was that was it was a lot of fun uh, um i don't like those spiders um they just i don't know they hit too hard they're not fun to fight i don't find them enjoyable to fight I mean, I like the process of seeing a room full of them hanging, and you're like, okay, which one do I go for first? That's yeah. cool. But when it comes to the actual fight, man. In um, subsequent playthroughs, I have discovered the best way to deal with everything is to, if you just open the door and then run, they can't get you. You just run right the way through them, yeah. up, over the bridge, job done. Trying to kill that guy, the church guy that shows up right afterwards, um, was a bit tricky. But yeah, you can do it. Um, well, and if you run past him, then you just end up in a, a weird world of Oz that you've never been before. <laughs> that freaked Craig out absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, Craig, why don't you explain our little friends? Oh, like we weird people that just they're not they're not going for you, but they're just they're just there. I don't. I don't, they look at they you. Look at you. I don't like that. It, it's the same reason I don't like things like that Doctor Who episode where things like look at you but don't move until you blink and stuff like that. Like, yeah, oh, the I angels? Don't, I, just don't like any of I took them as they are kind of clockwork people like the puppets that Mikolash uses. I took them as they're not really people. But yeah, yeah, they have this weird gait and this weird walk and they just kind of like turn their heads a little too far. To be normal, they're not they're, like I. Yeah, I know. I was. Took, oh no! I, I just. I find it really weird how there's like um. 
the odd one's like aggressive for some reason. I don't know what that's about. Like one or two uh, just suddenly go. There's a trigger okay. to make them aggressive, but right. I don't remember what it is to be honest with you. I, I, it might be your light, like your light makes them aggressive, certain ones, but I'm not too sure. So um, Craig, uh, while whimpering, made his way through and up the elevator, and we run into your friend and mine, host of this nightmare, Mikolash. Um, very cool design. Like, I, I think this boss fight is super cool, and it's not like replicated in any other Souls game. It is really cool. Uh Craig, you want to explain yeah. Mikolesh? So you run after the guy um upstairs, downstairs, left, right. Eventually you corner him. Um I don't know if there's like computations behind it, but you basically corner him and you have to twat him down to fifty percent health. Um at which point he runs off. And you have to chase him again. You go up even further through this building. And all the while, these little, like, puppet things keep coming to life around you. And they're taking swipes at you. And you're chasing them. Thankfully, he waits for you. If, if you lose sight of him, he's just like... Rrr, 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 he's good like that. <laughs> um, so you, you catch up with him. You keep on going. He has the same moveset of the white... Sh- killed people of the previous is it the the blood ministration people whatever it is he's got a tentacle arm attack and all this kind of stuff it's great you catch up with him you try to bar him to death you get killed by his one shot explosive type thing and you cry for lots of time and then you eventually beat him um that attack is way more uh, useful in uh, boss's hands than it is in yours. I I, I fiddled around with it because I ran an arcane build. Uh, it is super cool to use. Like like I the entire game, I'm like smacking things with tentacles. It was fun. And the cool thing is the tentacles um, will actually put things in a stagger state. So if you hit something, it's just like hitting it with a bullet. And it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, but yes, um, Mikalash is is not hard. I mean, he's got that that one, like, desperation move. And the whole time you're fighting him and you're chasing him, he's praying, like, hey, Kaz, give me a hand, buddy. Um, and then, then when you kill him, he does that scream, and he's all like, oh, no. Um, so, yeah, uh, the biggest thing of note is the cool design that this boss fight has. I really like it. Hmm. Um, it is the closest thing to, like, a set piece thing from... Demon Souls. Oh yeah, Day, yeah, it, it? it's super set PC. It's super fun. Um, moving on, we go up the elevator, and we're like, "Hey, we should probably check out the wet nurse because Murgo's getting hungry." And you, you make your way to the area, you run into some more shadows of Yarnum because you didn't kill enough of them. And then you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna backstab a pig," and then it turns around and it's got like spider eyes, and it's the freakiest thing in the world. Uh, super disconcerting and so you're like well I'm leaving the pigs alone and you make your way up and there's just this lady the lady you yeah the lady you saw before in the vision after you kill Rom and she's just like her hands are bound and her front is bloody and you're like I guess I'll kill you sure mm-hmm. uh, I always kill her uh, uh, what about yeah. you guys I don't know why but I did it and then I instantly thought hang on could I have done something else yeah I didn't touch her oh shit really 
And until you stabbed her in the face repeatedly in the chalice dungeons, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, until that point, I didn't touch her. Huh. Okay. So, um, we go into a boss fight, and, um, and again, I know I'm saying this a lot, really cool boss design. Murgo's wet nurse is insanely cool looking. It, it, it's, it's cool without showing anything. Like, um, you just see a cloak. And it's this weird bird feathery cloak, but it has this super elongated neck. But you don't actually see the monster. You see the clothes reacting to it moving. It is so cool. And then it pulls out six swords and it's got six arms and it's all like, all right, buddy, let's dance. And you're like, all right, Murgo, we go dance. Except it's not Murgo, it's just wet nurse, but whatever. Um, I enjoy this fight a lot. Like this is one, like next to Amelia, this is one of my more favorite fights. Um, the boss does the thing where it makes the arena dark and then it just appears for brief flashes doing attacks at you and it's super fun to dodge. Uh, how did you guys get along with Murgo's Wet Nurse? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty, pretty, pretty fun. Uh, a lot of slicing going on around the place. Um, but I somehow managed to make my way through. I found it a bit distracting when it all went dark and I was like going, uh, ooh, there's like, a, you know, duplicates of her popping up out of nowhere and trying to come at you so it was all ooh, a bit a bit touch and go i think i I barely scraped through this one in the chance that i got through so um yeah quite quite a tight fight a lot of a lot of blades flying around a lot of blades and they are swishing all over the place um although in comparison to other bosses she doesn't hit super hard i mean there's that one attack where she like starts at like two o'clock and then swings it all the way around to like six o'clock that really hurts and throws you up in the air but other than that i mean she doesn't do too much damage uh if if you're the nice sort you can play the music box you got from a certain somebody when when murgo dies and the baby will chuckle and giggle and ah, ah, ah and then die um giving you your and then mandatory die, yeah yeah huh a baby without a wet nurse, it's it's toast. And then you pick up the umbilical cord? Yeah, that thing is toast. Oh no, I just mean the music um, box. The... How does the music box fit in? Do you play it during the fight or what, just shortly after? No, 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 you play it afterwards while the baby's still like cooing and giggling. Or uh, right, just okay. like cooing and crying and then it gets it gets a little reaction out of the invisible baby. Um, this is where you get your first mandatory uh, one-third umbilical cord. That kind of hints you into, oh, maybe I should look for two more. Um, I think by this point, I had found the old Hunter's Workshop. So I was kind of clued in already. What about you guys? This was the first point where I thought, one third umbilical cord, two thirds left to go. It was a very game, it was a gamey thing. I mean, it, it makes sense story-wise, yeah, but, but the way mm-hmm. it's presented, it's just, oh, okay, I I think it's the one-third if they didn't... But if they didn't add the one-third, they couldn't necessarily convey that you need three. So uh, it's sort of a damned if you do, damned if you don't Although situation this, for me. This was sort of like my weird sort of Castlevania Symphony of the Night style bit where I was like, first time around playing, I had no idea what... You know, it was very early, and I was like, I have no idea what, what to do for... I mean, the only thing I knew about it was this is true ending material, and that was it. But I I didn't have a clue what was going on there to start off with. And I was like thinking, I might have missed my boat to even get him at this point. So I think this was the first one I picked up on my original playthrough, but this time around, okay. I think this was my final one. 
God, I'd already got everything in advance by this point. Um, I, I yeah, never can, saw the abandoned workshop the first time I played the game, I don't think. Oh, I got clued in by my friend. So yeah, it was nice being able to play with somebody and they're like, hey, did you see this? And you can be like, hey, did you see this? So I, I didn't have a true like first run experience by myself. But yeah. Um, uh, after this, we head back to Yahargul Unseen Village. Uh, we were here before. Now there's less pigs, more coffin monsters. Oh my god. Um... And the hunter fights here, like those three guys you run into, they can they can rot in hell. I hate that fight so much. The absolute bombs. I mean, luckily it's the same rules, so you kill one, it's gone for good, but they cover each other so well that it's very hard to get one singled out. Uh, did you guys have any struggle? Struggle? Yeah. Sorry, it's getting late. Um... With the, the coffin monsters? Because I, I love that design, too. They just go bonkers, man. I love those guys. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty cool. I just dodged around it and then managed to absolutely whack it to to madness. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much what I did every time. The first thing it does is it always comes in with a big hefty swoop from its, its right to its left. And you just jump left around it and poof, 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 completely out of the, out of the picture. Um, which, uh, go ahead and introduce The One Reborn, Mike. Yeah, so The One Reborn gets a very dramatic looking cutscene of pretty much appearing out of nothing, and then suddenly dropping down into the screen, pretty much like a, a Castlevania boss, weirdly enough. But, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, it looks like, Grand, looks like a type of Grand Falloon or Legion or whatever it's called in Castlevania. Mm -hmm. and it's and it's an absolute mess, but... This fight can be tricky, if not for the fact that you can see you can run around the uh, the top of the level, taking out the witches, which seem to be shooting fireballs in and distracting you from an otherwise relatively easy task. So, um, yeah, easy boss if you take out the support. If not, then <laughs> prepare to struggle, I guess. That's my, that's my advice. Uh, yeah, to, to me, this is the only boss in the game that falls flat on its stupid, malformed, gooey face. Um, I don't think it's fun. I don't really think it's that challenging. Um, you can get caught in its weird geometry. And that doesn't... It's not like, uh oh I'm stuck behind the leg. It feels like, okay, I'm kind of stuck in its side. This is a little weird. Like, um, I, I think this is kind of a, a lot janky of funny fight. kicks, doesn't it? I think of you. If you leave it down, don't let those Yeah, yeah, it, it does these little weird <laughs> kicks out of the side, and then there's this thrash. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. Huh. Yeah, dies quickly. Okay, so after we knock out the One Reborn, this is generally the time where if you wanted to do the DLC, you'd be like, now's a good time to punch old horse face in the face. Um, we, however, have been recording for a very long time. Um, so we're getting tired. So what we're going to do is we're going to cut this at the uh, at the end of the base game. So Garamin, Moon Presence, and what we're going to do is we're going to have a third episode. I'm sorry. I mean, if you like it, good. If you're, you're like, oh, guys, shut up. I'm sorry. Um, the third episode is where we're going to have uh, all the DLC. We'll talk about the chalices and how terrible they are. And we'll probably touch on what we think about the story uh, as a whole. So on to Garamin. You go back to the hunter's dream and you're like, hey, boss, I did it. And your boss is like, yeah, buddy, you did it. 
Um, how did you guys first end your game? Because I went submit. Because cause I was like, that's an interesting choice. Let's try that. I think that's the, that's the, like, maybe the good choice. Is it maybe good? I think that's the best story choice. Yeah, might be. Okay, all right. Uh, Mike, how, how did you end your first? Do you remember? Um, I refused and went on without any knowledge of the umbilical cords. Okay. I remember right. Ooh, all right, so wow, that's we have all three, three represented <laughs> here. <laughs> that's great. Um, okay, so if you submit, uh, Garam is all like, ah, I can't blame you, dude. And then he kills you with his scythe in one of the coolest looking visuals in the game. Uh, it was my backdrop on my PlayStation account for a very long time. Um, I I like that ending quite a bit. I, like me and Craig said, I think that's the best story-wise. Okay, okay. So so if you do not have all the umbilical cords, if you weren't a hungry boy, um, Garman is all like, okay, buddy, then it's time to take you out. And you fight Garman. And I'm kind of, kind of torn on Garman as a fight. Like, I generally don't like hunter fights, but Garman is good. Um, super fun to dodge around, and the, the the arena you're in is a really cool, really well-designed arena. It's got one or two things you could kind of get caught on if you're not careful, but it's mostly just a big open field, and Garman's got a big old scythe on you. Just a nice... Uh, how did you guys get on with the fight? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a nice, well-paced sort of fight. It feels like you know you're both sort of of equal strength at this point, and you sort of... You just... And he doesn't really cheese it to any major effect. He just, you know, he's he's quite good. You're you're quite good by this point, and it's quite a quite a fair sort of like pound for pound fight for the most part. Um, it's I, almost um, like like one step above uh, Gascoigne in terms of okay, we're pretty much equals. And watching him like having it tick in your brain of okay, he just transformed his weapon, different move set incoming. Knowing what every little move he does means, very cool. I think he's got way too many bullets in his gun. Mm, that's but true, that's other true. than that, and I don't like his scythe hook where he gets gets it out and just suddenly surges forward and grabs your neck. I hate that bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, pretty pretty fair, tough but fair, stern but fair. Is that the is that the term? Like a good headmaster. <laughs> um, Craig, how about you? How do you feel about German? Like, like good fight. Like I like the hunter fights, so I just kind of like clicked with it. Craig, as you can see, is super excited to talk <laughs> about German. It, uh. it feels like a pretty. It feels like a pretty respectful fight, doesn't it? It feels like. I mean, he's technically the big bad, I guess. So whatever. But it doesn't feel. It doesn't feel, you know, it doesn't feel um, like that. It doesn't feel like he feels like uh kind of like. He doesn't want to be there, kind of fight. Well, no, yeah, and there's definitely story things that yeah. happen beforehand if you come and check out the Hunter's Dream. Uh, he feels very much like what he is. He feels like he's just a gatekeeper, and he doesn't even want to be at that damn gate. He's just there. Um, I, 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 He works well as a final exam for the game, because while he doesn't have, like, the pathos of Gwyn, he's not as terrible as Nishandra. He's just kind of a... Well, a base exam. He's okay. Some things you want to interrupt. 
some things you want to dodge through. He has moments where you can heal if you need to. He's got everything that makes a, okay, here's Bloodborne 101. He is basically like Paul Gascoigne, except slightly more difficult. Like, I feel like you you fight Father Gascoigne, yes. Craig, I just said that a while ago. Well, I'll cut you, I'll... Like, almost word for I'll, word. I'll cut you saying... Cut me out, but don't cut exactly. this out. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish your points. No, no, no. I I said that. It's fine. It's fine. All right. So, uh, once you put the old man in his grave, uh, Garman no longer joins the hunt, even though I want that as his Smash Brothers intro, um, when he is inevitably in Smash Brothers, um, you get the Moon Presence, a very skeletal and yet also tenderly boss that I think suffers from where he's put in the game. He's kind of a wet blanket, and my only theory as to why he's such a wet blanket is they might have expected you to fight him right after Garamin, so you're low on supplies, you don't have the blood vials, you're maybe low on bullets. Um, He feels way, almost as bad as One Reborn to me. Cool design. Love the design. Love the way that he comes down in his intro. Fantastic. But as a fight, he's kind of, eh. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much no, uh, a, a few sort of strong attacks, but apart from that, in fact, this uh, you you can actually just um, disappear out of this. Use the is it a sign of the hunter, mark of the hunter, and yeah, hunter's mark, yeah. Resupply fully and then just go back in and, and fuck him anyway. Not <laughs> worried, but mm, mm. Um, this was my logical point to stop, save there. at Moon Presence, and then go into the DLC. I wish I would have done that, but yeah, I, I didn't. I went to the DLC after uh, Amygdala. Okay, so uh, the ending I would have gotten for submitting, uh, it's called the Yarnum Sunrise, and it's it's basically that. Garamond is like, do you wish to leave the dream? And you're like, yeah, dude, I've seen some shit. And then he cuts your head off, and all you see is a rising sun over the landscape of Yarnum. Basically, what I take it as is you have left the dream and there's no ramifications, but this will happen again. But you got out, like, okay, I'm out, I'm good. Uh, kind of thing. Uh, yeah, if, if, if you eat the three um, umbilical cords, you fight the Bloodman person, you end up being reborn as a slithery snail type thing um, with tentacles and stuff and the doll in the hunter's dream takes care of you I I well let's wait to talk about our theories for what that me- ending means Um, there's a few really interesting ones about it Um, basically the way I took it and I don't know about you guys uh, you're basically becoming a great one like Rom or Briatus um, that pretty much what you guys got out of it? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I just thought I turned, I turned into a slug. That's not very good. The end. Oh, good no, Lord. no, you have ascended. You've ascended. It's the best ending. Vaguely, maybe. We're not sure yet. I think sometimes um, when you play too many games and you don't actually read any Lovecraft stuff, you sort of go, eh, it's a bit lost on me. 
<laughs> all of all of it is here, but you're reading a ton of item descriptions and talking to a ton of people and backtrack. Like, there's a lot to get the full story out of this. It's amazing. Like, maybe like half the story at least is taken from the descriptions of armor, or or which is a from soft yeah, as hell thing to like do. Ridiculous. Yeah. You get most of it from what you're wearing. Um, and in your case, it was mostly stuff about Father Gascoigne. Because he has the best hat in the he world. He really does. And the best and the best outfit. It's just, just so floating. Oh, that scarf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we are going to cut it here. We will get more into the story in part three. Or four. Again, apologies. Or four. Um, as you can see, we're all quite talkative about Bloodborne. And we're frazzled right now. Uh, so, um... We will catch you next time. Uh, gentlemen, do you have any parting words of advice for the hunters? Hunters got a hint. That hunter's <laughs> got a hoot. The phrase is fear the old blood. Guys, oh, come fear on. Fear the old blood. God.